2: To talk drops. Uh, I am Dustin Kaufman with me today. Uh, again, from last week, Zach Huber is here. Hello. And we are joined by Mr. Tom Larson. Very funny, man. How are you tonight, Tom?
3: Pretty good. Thanks for having me.
2: Yep. Thanks for being here. Uh, Glenn Bolton is not with us this evening. He has a stand up comedy show, so he will not be doing the sit down talking with us. Uh, but we have a wonderful show planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least we have wonderful people here. Uh, so you got a new... Uh, you actually competed in the minute to win it with Zach over here. Is that right? I did, and yeah. Zach beat me. Probably get on that microphone pretty good. Uh, Zach beat me. Yeah. Uh,
3: with his uh, fantastic... Uh, minute of comedy. Fantastic minute of comedy. His comedy dick. <laughs> I never stood a chance.
2: We we were praising you last week. I, you know, we kind of... Going into it, I definitely had you pegged as, like the favorite. Uh, for Me that, too. For I the, had myself pegged as the <laughs> favorite. I too had Tom pegged as the favorite. <laughs> so, but I mean, because you just have a, you have a very unique, different style um, to, to mm. your, to yourself, to your delivery. Where does that come from? Like, and how would you explain it? First, explain it to our viewers. Um Is that hard for I you? Think,
1: didn't you have the Warrens guys explain it to you once? What, what do they call it?
3: Uh, Oh, I called it stand-up comedy. Ah. Uh,
2: <laughs>
3: it's stand-up comedy. That's my trademark. It's not. That's, it's <laughs> not comedy. It's tomedy. Tomedy. That's how I uh, described it. That's. <laughs> uh, I guess it's just uh watching all the other comics that I like and kind of taking bits and pieces from their presence and uh, just being influenced by your peers
2: and your heroes. I guess that's probably how it came about. Like you, a lot of comics. Probably myself included, I I I always go for the quickest way to the punchline, especially in in different formats. But in stand-up and basic editing, it's I mean, but you always have to add words and life and character to it and personality to the joke. But you are not afraid to take your time getting to the end, and it's worth it. I mean, it usually pans out for you.
3: Yeah, if if I know that it's if I feel confident that it's a good punchline and it's going to get a big laugh, I don't mind stretching it out and uh, making it kind of dry if I'm sure that it's going to be funny at the end. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't.
2: And it's for for like a quick, for like the quicker joke comic, the comic is just joke, joke, joke. It's probably a little easier to come out of something like that when a joke doesn't work. Sure. Rather, if you spent two minutes building up to a joke, to a punchline, and then they don't laugh, and then you have to spend another two minutes because then you're like that but I've never yeah. seen you do that Every, uh, I've never seen you go 5 minutes without a laugh ever I uh yeah I've never seen that happen
3: and I usually I have like uh I'll have short jokes if something if a longer bit doesn't go over well I'll throw a short joke in there to try and build the energy back up or get a laugh to kind of float myself to the next punchline if that's need be
2: that's smart how long have you been doing comedy and you're uh I know you're coming in come you used to play in bands
3: five Yeah, and then I kind of stopped that and did comedy. Uh, This is uh, my fifth year in comedy.
2: Okay, off. so like, has it been consistent for that five years, or Uh, has it progressed? I feel like since I've known you in the last just over a year, I feel like you're on stage a lot more. You were not necessarily even coming to more shows, because you were always coming to shows, but sometimes... I it like Tom, get on stage. No, Yeah,
3: nah, yeah it took about a year off. I just had real real bad writer's block and I couldn't think of anything to say. And and I, I
2: couldn't write anything. And you didn't want to go up with old material at that time. Yeah.
1: Is that why you do on a, I know you do a lot of off the cuff stuff. Is that why maybe just try to get away from the monotony of it?
2: Yeah, yeah, that helps. Uh but that's to go up with a A wonderful thing to be able to do because you will, Tom, you'll go up. I don't think I've ever seen you start a set with a joke
3: yeah, it's usually not. <laughs> I guess not in the like setup punchline kind right. of sense, but
2: right, like a written joke, like not with a written. You usually go up and you will acknowledge the room or the crowd or something sure. that's going on, with another comic or just just something, and you it's something, and you always have a wonderful success with that up front
3: too. Sure. Yeah, that's a good. It, that usually works out pretty well. Uh, a lot of the we were talking about the Lawrence guys. A lot of the Lawrence guys uh, do that too. They'll make some kind of observation about the room or the venue or the uh, crowd or the uh, another comic, and that's a good way to get a laugh because it's something that everyone knows about. It's something that's to everyone's going to be able to relate to it and
2: understand the reference, so it's a safe thing to go with. Now, you say the Lawrence guys, and I understand that, like, the comics in Lawrence, you know, and we're in Kansas City, so... But, I, I mean, that's a good thing to be able to do uh, anyways as a comic, and that's a pretty – I mean, it's a good thing, especially when you work clubs. Hey, everybody. It's nice just to go out and be in the moment, mm-hmm. for even if it's just for that first moment. Sure. Um, so is that something that you're not seeing in some of the up-and-coming comics of Kansas City? Um, uh... That I mean, are you pulling things, like learning things, by going out to Lawrence and working with these other comics rather than just – I guess I, I see it in the uh, the KC
3: guys. I probably it's I mean it was probably always there in the KC guys in some capacity, but I I suppose that I noticed it first. It was made really apparent in the Lawrence guys. Those are the ones who I noticed uh, doing it. Uh, that it I first noticed doing
2: it. Yeah. All right. So you noticed it there first. Yeah. Is what you're saying. That's your answer. Yeah. Nice. So what about you, Zach? How's How's your school? You're in the film school. Uh, It's going all right, man. I don't know. What? You don't sound happy about
1: Uh, it. You know, I don't know. It's just weird knowing that you're going to school for just like the most useless degree on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) It's just really weird <laughs> getting excited for it.
2: Now, when you say it's useless, I mean, is that...
1: I don't mean like, it's not, it, not useless, but I just, you know, I mean, you're not going to show up at like a film place and be like, hey, I got a degree. Let me direct <laughs> something. <laughs> like, you know, it's more about, I guess, the connections that you make, really, than it is about the degree. So just, you know, it's it's a weird, different vibe. Even though you're going to school with all these people that are going for their degree for like medicine or whatever. And they're relying on that. It's just weird. It's like, you're completely
2: set apart from all those people in that kind of weird way. It is really something that you have to take in yourself. And, uh, it's like, if you're not self-driven with that degree, the degree's not going to do anything for you. Oh yeah. That degree just got you a ticket to have to work for nothing for a long <laughs> yeah. time. You like can work at McDonald's with a film degree. I'll <laughs> <laughs> take you. I mean, can I record my fry cooking experience? <laughs> I'd like that. And <laughs> uh, you're in—you're going to school too, right? Is that right, Tom? You're in, yeah. You're yeah. in school currently. Yeah. And what? UMKC. Yeah, Rockhurst. Okay, right. Rockhurst. Uh, and and so. What? now you're not going for film school. What do you? No, I'm going for mathematics. Mathematics. Which is? Would you believe that?
3: Probably end up working at McDonald's with that too. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Dude, we can work together. We'll be good old
2: coworkers, baby. <laughs> it will be cool. And so, is that like for security? What do you? I mean, what's your long-term goal for these maths? Like to to go for mathematics? Do I mean, you want to be a teacher? No, nah, if I did pursue
3: it, like specifically for that. Study, I'd probably uh, go into engineering of some kind. Uh, okay. Use that kind of as a, a launching point to go into engineering.
2: Okay. Like NASA? You want to work for NASA? Uh,
3: I, I don't really know. I don't really know much about engineering. I just know that uh, it's supposed to be a good job and <laughs> they make lots of money, and math relates to engineering. So that's what I should do with it.
2: And you put uh, you put it first a lot of times. Uh, I I feel you're you're very dedicated to getting this degree over doing some extra shows and stuff like that on occasion.
3: Yeah, uh, at least for the moment.
2: Well, uh, you are you are paying for it. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Like you
3: can't really. I guess the way I look like you can't really flunk out a comedy. Like if I don't go to a comedy show, I'm not gonna. Might be fifteen thousand dollars in the hole, it's
2: (laughs) 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 It's
1: a good outlook. Just maybe
2: fifteen dollars, yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: Maybe a couple chicken tenders.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Funny, funny. So, where do you uh, where did you get started? Now, you're from Wisconsin. Did you get started in Wisconsin?
3: Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I started here in KC.
2: Okay, where
1: was your first place at?
3: Stanford's. Really? Yeah. Me too.
2: Uh, that was your first place? Yep, it's, the yep. uh, it's the only yeah, one that's online. At Legends? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay.
3: Yeah, that's I mean that's the only one. If if you if you're going into comedy cold from KC, uh yeah. Stanford it's, is if you just type in stand up comedy, that's the only thing it's that comes the, up.
2: The only open mic that pops up know. online. Hmm.
3: And then you just meet the other comics in the club and network from there and find out about the bar shows and stuff.
2: How did it go your first time on stage?
3: Uh pretty good. Uh, I actually, I've used my first joke that I ever told. I still use that uh, on rare occasions, because sure. it was it was that good. Which
1: one was it? Is it the one about the vaginas?
3: No, no. Uh, about they got getting...
1: they got they got vaginas. That's right. <laughs> they got <laughs> oh yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: no, I actually wrote
2: that later. That was when I was fully developed that's as golden a golden age. Yeah. I uh, yeah. the first joke I ever wrote was I was in a I started in a duo. Um, that grew into the name the Rasta and the Rabbi, but the first time we were on stage, we were the Black and Jewish Coalition, <laughs> and uh, and the joke was we went on stage and we said we are the Black and Jewish Coalition, uh, and and he said that's because he thinks he's black, and I said and he's hung like a Jew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't do that joke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Did, who who
1: did you start with? Who
2: was the uh, other his guy? name was Mark Springs. Mark he Springs. Around? He's not in Kansas. City. He was so funny, man. Of the two of us, he definitely should have uh, been the one to stick with the comedy. Uh, he They're was just, just, just very stupid. funny, very natural. But he m- moved down to uh, Maui's in Hawaii. He actually, has his own radio show down there. Okay. It's okay. called the Marcus Springs Show. Hello. So nice. check him out. Yeah. Uh, great guy though. <laughs> very funny. Very smart. Uh, it was funny because he would just naturally he would. You know, he was a uh, really tall, big black. Uh, he was black, but he would wear like sweaters. He was mixed, like half white, but he wore like sweaters and his hair would be pulled back and he had glasses. And that was just as natural. And <laughs> the I would be a natu- Huxtable look. <laughs> and I naturally at the time probably had like close to dreadlocks and a dashi. I would wear dashikis and cut off things. So <laughs> it was just this natural mixed. like. <laughs>
1: How long did you take the Roston Rabbi thing? How long did that we last? We didn't. F- probably a
2: few months. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. So you decided to do it. It was own fun, thing. yeah. Well, he just decided he didn't want to do it. You know, we got asked to do uh, like to go on a comic view, even like really early on, and mm-hmm. I don't know. He d- he just didn't want to perform at the, t- at the time, so you can't mm-hmm. make him do it. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. As much as you want to shake him, like, what are you? <laughs> <doing?"> <laughs> <laughs> what was your first joke? Do you remember mine? Uh, I.
1: The first two one of them was about farting in the shower. and uh-huh. just like, It was really stupid. And the other one was about uh, people that poop at Power and Light. <laughs> Classic. One,
2: one time I went to Which the Which is Burger... a big bar district in Kansas City. It's yeah, one time I went downtown. to the Burger
1: King down there, and I went in the bathroom because I work as a valet down there, and there was not one but literally two shits on the floor in oh. the Burger King at Power and Light. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> like somebody like saw shit on the floor and was just like, I think I'm gonna take a shit right next to the sh- <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you've definitely evolved to uh, rape jokes. Yeah, a lot of better. Really funny ones too. Now I can <laughs> shout rape <laughs> like 15 times and get people to laugh at you it. You have to know how to sell the word rape. I think on stage. I mean, not it's anybody true. can I mean, say rape on stage. Well, first, I do think there's a lot of things that up-and-coming comics will like hit on, like in that and coming up to like. Some alternative different this and that but you know it was was a lot of rape and maybe abortion and religion and stuff like that just to Mm -hmm. like talk about it, just to be like to to have the feeling of a message or feeling of different or edgy but (laughs) you're legitimately funny and your character has grown to the point where i mean you sell it wonderfully and so I mean, it is a word that you have to dance with, I think, with yeah. some people. I remember one thing topic.
1: that kind of almost drove something like that home for me. I was just like at the arts bar once, and uh, it was just some random night when there was like 40 comedians or whatever up there like there normally is. And uh, I was supposed to go up at some time, but they forgot about me or whatever. And so I watched all 40 comedians, every single one of them, and the um, the amount of just reused just old topics the, and I, I just felt like an, I, I was like kind of putting an audience members perspective and I was just like tired of
2: it you know it's just you see the same things just hit on over, yeah, and, over yeah. and over and over and it it's old you it know does. you it just does. don't want
1: to do that stuff
2: yeah about another seven eight years and you won't even want to watch comedy <laughs> <laughs> I mean you'll still be doing it you'll, you won't quit but you won't want to watch it too much yeah. for a while um, yeah, like you know, and I, because I definitely saw you, uh, you know, perform around, you know, like performing a year ago compared to now, and it was funny because I didn't see you for a while uh, perform. I just, I just, it just didn't happen. I just didn't see mm-hmm. her stand up for a while. We
1: met once. The first time we met was at that bar that you this only the did horrible. the one show at. Yeah, yeah. they wanted. And to. I didn't end up performing that. Night. Oh, <laughs> um, and, yeah, I remember that. What was it? I, I don't know. It was at like. The it was what, what, horrible. It wasn't like the. It wasn't in the West Bottoms. So it, was it was like, like it was close.
2: West. It was like an industrial area bar in <laughs> yeah. City, Kansas. It was like th- we think we heard gunshots standing out front. It was like we don't. I don't need to come back. <laughs> no. here. Her, come back to her. Come back to. Her. Um, but yeah. What was I? You threw me off with that bar. Oh, uh, the performing. Didn't... Oh, okay. So, so the next time I saw your energy on stage, it reminded me you had this. It was a little bit from uh, like when we did the puppet episode, and yeah. you did the pup uh, the puppet face. Yeah, yeah. At, at the party, and there was just so much energy and life, and just out. And then I actually see now—is that something that you were? Because I never really saw that. I mean, like I said, I hadn't seen you perform too much, but I mean, I did, and then I didn't for a while, and then I did again. So I feel like it's go ahead. No, it was. Uh, you're you're asking like.
1: When, when I pick that up or something? Is that what you're trying to get yeah, at? Yeah, a little I bit. I mean... Jumping ahead of your it, question, i don't Yeah,
2: no, that's... I mean, I guess that's kind of what I'm... Without sounding like, so, where does that, you know? But, I mean, yeah. does... I feel like does does acting in these sketches and participating and, like, being able to, like, explore different realms of energy, has that helped in your stand-up? And are, is that helping you adapt? Yeah, and I, w- I want to
1: say, like, I don't know, I was always attracted to really high-energy comedians. And mm-hmm. then, like... Probably like later on, like half a year into, it, I like started reading uh, Steve Martin's book and like listening to him a lot, and I got really like he's now my favorite comedian of all time. Steve Martin is, and I don't know, I just like I liked how he put himself out there with the energy and the commitment. And at first, I just I, I recognized it as like definitely a way to get the crowd's attention. Like if you just throw out a bunch of energy, like whether or not they like what you're saying or not, they're gonna pay attention at least. Yeah, and so if you can get them to pay attention, then
2: I mean, that's like half the battle, I figured. So you're trying, that's like you right now, that's your like way of just getting the audience's attention up front.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, I feel like you put that amount of energy back and or out and they receive it and they, I mean, generally respond pretty well to it. You know, they, they're at least paying attention to what you have to say. And then maybe they'll laugh if you're funny enough.
2: And you carry that pretty well through your... uh through your act, I mean, you've managed to like, to find that. I mean, that's your voice on stage right now, you know, yes. whether, I mean, cause you're, you know, but you're young, you'll grow. Yeah, you never so, know. You never know. I mean, it'll, I can see that staying like a part of you, but evolving too, you know, some part. I mean, it's,
1: it's already, it'll, it, I see it evolve. I watch it evolve all the time. Like, uh, like I said, when I started with Steve Martin, uh, I remember there was this part in his book where he said that, uh, he, he said that, uh, He read that comedy was basically just building up anticipation until you release it. And that's what creates the laugh. And he said that his strategy was to just build up the anticipation and never release it. So people could laugh whenever they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so I I tried writing jokes like that at first and they were just so bad. (laughs) They were so terrible. People don't like them around here at all. And so I just gave up on that. And I kind of kept the energy aspect of it because that was the part that was working at least a little bit.
2: You'll get Tom. You'll get pretty uh high. I've seen you take your energy like to like four four levels past the next level. Yeah. But it comes in spurts and it's unexpected. Like it, you you'll keep your pace kind of calm, quiet, uh, well thought, well spoke. You know, mm-hmm. um, you, maybe you'll repeat words a few times, but you're always a little inverted. At you know, yeah, yeah. and then. And you'll carry this, and then out of nowhere, on occasion, it's just like a bomb went off.
3: Yeah, it's, uh, like, partly, I mean, Zach nailed it when he said it's a good way to get the audience's attention. But you've
2: already had their attention at that point. That you're not selling yeah. that as your character. That's just, you're, you just take it that, to that point.
3: Yeah, I guess I, I yeah, that's a good point. I, usually when I do it, it's for em- uh, emphasis, uh, or sometimes just to try and get a laugh. Uh, but sometimes it's to, it's a good way to emphasize something. If you're trying to say something or trying to make a point, you want the audience to pick up on that so you uh,
2: make it very clear and distinct. Very clear. <laughs> uh, loud
1: and
0: clear.
2: Who uh, were some of the earliest comics you would do impressions of in your life? Uh, well, I
3: grew up – when I first – before I started, uh, when I was, I guess, in high school, the big comics were Louis C.K., uh, he was, like, really starting to blow up. He had just put out Shameless or maybe Chewed Up. Uh, and Dane Cook was really big. Yeah. Uh, and Carlos Mencia.
1: Uh, oh, man, I remember Mencia. Yeah. I can't believe he fell off so much. People were nuts for him. Yeah. Man, I remember that, yeah. So those
3: are the big ones that I yeah, – I remember Mencia. Um, Carlos Mencia was the first comic I ever saw live. Uh, so.
1: Was that post uh... – Post joke stealing, or what? No,
3: the, yeah, this was when everyone hated him. But oh, I was okay. in high school. I was like <laughs> yeah, sixteen, yeah. so I thought it was the best thing ever.
2: Okay, D to D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, People uh, will refuse to go on stage a lot of times when he walks into a room. No way. That, that really? still happens. The comedy store, especially in, in LA. Yeah, not a lot of love for the Mencia. Yeah. Not a lot of love. Well, he, I mean, he kind of screwed himself there. I mean,
1: he broke the number one rule, man. Golden rule.
2: Well, I mean, he would. I guess he would send people out to shows. Like no in, way. Yeah, you know, like or his like, writers with gaze. Yeah, it was wow. bad deal. Bad deal. He was really in it then.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So you were not. You played music too, Tom? Is that right?
3: Yeah. I mean, never seri- uh, seriously. Just small bands. The biggest thing that we ever did was the band that I had with uh,
2: Colby. Yeah, a local comedian Colby Cusick lives mm-hmm. in Chicago now. Maybe funny guy. Check him out. Uh, and you guys had like a punk. Was it punk? Yeah. Punk more or less I mean it's so funny Cause you are like, I would never be like Oh yeah Tom's gonna sing <laughs> Punk Do you ever I mean, get
1: laid Because of being in the band All the time That's why you do it Yeah Well I mean you're not getting laid Doing comedy Yeah comedy <laughs> yeah, Exactly <laughs>
2: I mean I don't think anybody listening would, Just even by your voice Would be like Yeah this guy's Gotta be a punk rock <laughs> Yeah it was lots of, it's just,
3: It was for fun It was lots of fun
2: And you sang too though uh, Is that right You were the <laughs> singer
3: yeah, I did uh, vocals and guitar, and Colby did drums. Vokes? Uh, Vokes Vox. Uh, That's how yeah. you know you're serious about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too lazy to put the extra syllable on vocals. <laughs> <laughs> it's for efficiency.
1: So would you like scream and stuff? Just, blah, blah, blah.
3: Yeah. yeah, the standard kind of hardcore punk. Okay.
2: Like a lot of ois?
3: Well, uh of
2: o- Or like... Like a fake British accent or anything like that? No,
3: no, no, no. never never took it in that direction. Can you give us
2: uh, a couple lines of
3: your punk rockdom? Uh, I don't even think I remember any of it, to be you honest. Gotta,
2: I can, That's believable. But right. that hasn't been that long, nine months. You don't remember two lines from any of your punk rock <laughs> days? No, no. You've just forgotten their the past and put it behind you. Because, yeah, like, I mean, it's been so long since I...
3: Yeah, I mean, even when we played, a lot of times I'd only have, like, half-formed lyrics and yeah. just kind of Hey, you got to save room
2: for, uh, for your jokes. Yeah. You, exactly. know? you got uh, new jokes <laughs> out with old punk rock lyrics. Did you feel
1: ever, like, kind of spread too thin doing the band and comedy at the same time?
2: Uh, like, not
3: Creatively really.
1: spread too thin?
3: Not particularly. Yeah. I guess because it was, it's kind of different. It Kind of it feels like it draws from two different pools, you know, okay. like of I, energy, I yeah, yeah, you don't really put the same thing into music that you do into comedy, so it's not really like they were competing
2: and you're not obligated at that time to do either one, you're just exactly, you're, yeah. you know you're out doing mics and showcases, and then you're out playing shows with your- punk band, and it's just mm-hmm. so you're none of its obligation, you're just delegating your time and not you know yeah, and
3: uh, even when we did, i mean we never. We never got booked so much that there was really any kind of conflict for time, because it was sporadic and infrequent enough that it didn't really con- conflict with anything, or each other.
2: Who were some of your <clears throat> earlier musical influences?
3: Uh, well, I st- uh, same thing in like uh, high school. I loved Metallica, like everyone did. Yes. Uh, big Metallica fan. Um, I like country a lot too. Uh like country George Strait Towns van Zant. Speaking of country, yeah, Joe <laughs> Ely, hell yeah.
2: <laughs> t- uh, Titan Titan at Twitter at Titan T Mac just just danced on by the window <laughs> from the Spanish Announce Table studio across the hall over there. Um, He's looking country himself tonight. Hey by the way, thanks for listening uh to Talk Drops. Thanks for uh yeah. listening out there. It sure does mean a lot. Glad to have you aboard. Uh, I just want to say uh I want to take a minute out to give a shout out. Last week we had comedian uh, Mo Alexander yes. on the show and uh he had, had he broke a couple of his feet and he's on it, he wasn't working uh so he had actually came on and pitched his GoFundMe. Uh but then the very next day he ended up in the ICU. No way. Yeah. What happened? I don't I don't man it's it wasn't clear I couldn't see exactly what happened but I know he wasn't well and then he got out but then he went right back in. So he's in the hospital. He was on our show last week. Uh Mo Alexander, very funny man. Uh, pl- uh our our best wishes go out to you. Uh please get better soon. And on that note, uh, we'll be back right after this short commercial break. That's Introduce the host of the internet's worst late night talk show, Mr. Dustin
0: Coffin. Are you tired of the same old late night talk shows on actual networks with high budgets and real celebrities? I'm uh, raped right now. <laughs> <laughs> with an actual talk show host?
2: You sound like you're at the end of a long hallway.
0: Cough Drops with Dustin Kaufman is a weekly late-night sketch comedy show. President
2: of the United States of America, Barack Obama.
0: And the self-proclaimed Internet's worst late-night talk show. Your last YouTube video only got about 52 views, uh, but yet somehow managed to rack up 103 dislikes. <laughs> and how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Cough Drops Live. No, it turns out my 72 virgins came from a Cub Scout bus crash. Cough <laughs> <laughs> Drops with Dustin Kaufman. That's K-A-U-F Drops. Or if you're a member of law enforcement, that's King Adam Union Frank Drops. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and BlackJewishChristianSingles.com. Cough drops with Dustin Kaufman.
2: Hello, welcome back to Talk Drops. 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 Talk
1: drops.
2: Talk drops. Talk drops. Talk drops. Talk Thanks, uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for sticking around. If you're still listening, awesome. Wow. That weird. <laughs> what is wrong with your life? Um, again, this is Dustin Kaufman in the studio here in the trending topics studio. I'll call it uh, with Zach Huber, Tom Larson. Hello. 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 Now uh, you actually told me. You know, I'm a fan. I got. I do the Yes Talk as well on my other uh, wrestling podcast. And you mentioned you watched the first part of WrestleMania 31.
3: Yeah, I saw uh, uh like yeah, the first half. Uh I'm not this was the first one I've seen in a long time. I like uh I was a big fan when I remember wrestling being really huge at like the turn of the century. Uh I don't know <laughs> if it was or not, but like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Sting like Around, like 99-2000.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: Like I remember like Stone Cold like spraying beer out of the hose and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's very vivid in my childhood memory. Uh but, yeah, this is the first WrestleMania I've seen in a long time, and I saw the ladder match in the Battle Royale and Triple H take on Sting. And
2: How did you like everything?
3: Yeah, it was good. It was. Really, I was really excited to see Sting because he's one of the guys that was
2: uh, – I didn't know he left, but I just okay, found out that he so left and came as back. Okay, f- as a person who that's the last time you watched was the Attitude Era, was DX, NWO, all that stuff. That was the last era you really were yeah. watching. Okay, mm-hmm. so – as somebody who hadn't watched it from that point, what what did you think about like having the NWO and the DX runouts and stuff like that? It was uh
3: it seemed a lot bigger, like a lot more grandiose than I remember. Like they had it in the huge outdoor uh, Oh yeah. the what the 49ers? The 40, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh I don't ever remember having that big of a room. Um yeah, it seemed a lot more it seemed much more developed, much more theatrical. I mean it always has been, but it just seemed very Everything's just gotten bigger and bigger and better and better. Really produced. Yeah.
2: But along the lines of now, did you you, you see the you saw the full Triple H and Sting match? Yep, yep. Okay. So like did, did you kinda geek out? Did you mark out a little bit when when you saw NWO walk out of the ring to come aid Sting or
3: Yeah, I, I mean I knew the guys I knew NWO like by their logo, but I didn't know all the members. But oh, okay. it was it was cool. I liked it, yeah. Yeah, in the DX, yeah, yeah.
2: I guess as a fan, I was like, "This is dumb." Like, I kind of <laughs> predicted Triple H was gonna win, anyways. Yeah. That yeah. match. Uh, I'm,
3: I'm glad they did it though, like, cause it was like kind of Sting's big comeback. I thought they should have done something that was.
2: To like have him lose.
3: Yeah, but have like all kinds <laughs> of just crazy, all, back, yeah. bitch.
2: <laughs> well, that's the thing. He had been wrestling. And he, I mean, he'd been leading TNA, this other organization, for a while. So, how old is that guy? He's fifty-five, yeah, 55? I believe. Yeah. You know.
1: st- still going strong? He,
2: well, he's, he's yeah. He's yeah, in he... better shape than the Undertaker. Okay? <laughs> he is. He is in better shape than the Undertaker. Sting
3: did okay. He got a pretty good drop kick in, and. Uh, now
1: you he's... know, like uh, like uh, like sports people that do like basketball and stuff, they end up being like sportscasters or coaches or whatever after mm-hmm. after they're done. What do these guys? What do wrestlers tend to do? Like whenever their career is like they're too old to do this stuff. Anymore. Like
2: uh hobble a little bit. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> real estate, maybe real um, estate. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, um, I am sting. Well, if you were good enough in the business or not if I guess if you were up enough in the business, I mean you probably at least with WWE you could probably always have a job backstage somewhere. Doing yeah. something, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure with it. Would help you out with something, yeah. Yeah, um, I, but I guess I mean you can always open your own gym, you know. Oh uh, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, like even yeah. if it's not a training facility, you could always mm-hmm. have a gym or a training facility.
3: Yeah, they can. Ju- I mean, you could just kind of become like a public figure. Based on your name recognition, that people
2: know who you are, and they'll do whatever it is that you're selling. Start going to comic cons. Um, Uh, I mean, especially these uh days, a lot become a stand-up comedian because you don't. (laughs) Yeah, like they don't push the whole kayfabe, which for the non-wrestling fan, that's the, the fictional side. They breaking kayfabe. Kayfabe is fiction, and they they used to push really hard for them to not break kayfabe ever. I mean, that's why you would see wrestlers go out and just bitch slap announcer to like really try to sell that that kayfabe's but now that that's not there the, now the person themselves can go out and you know, you know what i see a lot of like stand-up comedy it seems to be a trend uh mm-hmm. mick foley rob van Dam, doll is doing comedy yeah, uh, really? so a lot of yeah there's uh i know there's there's more i know there's more but uh yeah so that seems to be another yeah, I guess because they push the performance side of it now so much. Too, yeah, the yeah. Like mm-hmm. Transcripts. Other
1: I saw McFoley's guys. daughter the other day. She was pretty hot. In person? No, no. I, I just saw a picture of somebody. I was like, this is McFoley's daughter. She's totally hot. And I was like, damn, she is pretty hot.
2: I'd let her slam me through a burning table. <laughs> Hello.
1: I'd let her put her finishing move on me. Is that a thing? I don't know. I'm sorry
2: oh boy (laughs) did you ever watch the pro wrestling growing up me yeah
1: uh i remember my weirdly enough my younger sister was like way more into it than i ever was (laughs) funny i just I, i don't know i always got hung up i was like part of that crowd that was like it's not real so it's stupid or whatever i never understood like that it was like people enjoyed it for being like a fictional thing uh, you didn't I, buy it
3: I, I, I totally bought it when i was younger oh, i thought no. it was really shit. no when oh, i yeah, was younger sorry. i
1: i saw right through it and and now i don't know like i don't remember it till i was like 10 or stuff so i just i saw through it and i just thought like they were trying to make it look real not that they were just trying to put on a good show so i didn't i never appreciated it for that and then i never grew up
2: like i quit watching wrestling for a long time uh for at least for a few years and just because i was so i just wanted to only focus on uh on comedy Right. And like (laughs) just watching it, being a fan, it's always consumed a big part of my life just in that fandom zone. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, growing up, since watching it, going to live events, such a young age, like every time it comes on. So I just didn't want to have any distractions, any blocks. I was like anything that's wasn't comedy for a long time. It was not in my head like it. I mean, it just didn't exist. You know, Yeah, I used to
1: be big into sports and like basketball mainly. And so I've kind of pushed
2: all that away, too. So, yeah. I probably did. Like, when I came back, there was definitely a m- broader understanding of, okay, this is definitely not, re- you know, but then they yeah. wrestle to say it's uh, not fake, it's predetermined, mm-hmm. you know, because they the bumps they take, the injury of the wrist, the high flying. I mean, they put on a good show. Yeah, I mean, That's the yeah. thing. Like,
3: people talk about it being fake, that you still get hurt doing wrestling. Like, it doesn't feel big big good to get thrown down on the floor. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it. Do
2: people go to Cirque du Soleil? Like that's fake. (laughs) I mean, it's 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 real athleticism. Yeah, you know. um, WWE, they call it sports entertainment. They don't want to call it wrestling. So
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, sports Mm. entertainment. It's
2: entertaining. Yeah, see,
1: I feel like if I would have known, like, that you can appreciate it, even though it's predetermined or whatever, like, appreciate it for all the stories and whatnot, I probably would have been way more into it.
2: Man, some of the most fun, some of the best things I've seen uh, live shows, too, are just straight, like, indie wrestling, like, just hardcore, no stories, match after match. I mean, if it's put on, if the wrestling's, if the in-ring performance is good enough, then the stories are told through the matches themselves, and not actually uh, sold with these backstage vignettes and fifteen minutes of yeah. talking and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Because yeah. there is the psychology side of it too, you know, mm-hmm. like big man versus little man. How are you going to sell what? You know, how mm-hmm. does that go? Or like they sell the, the Superman story a lot in, with in-ring matches. They did it with Hulk Hogan. That was Hulk Hogan's whole thing. Yeah. Uh, carried over to john cena and you know like any big face really uh face is a good guy so like because superman and you notice in the whole old hulk hogan match it's it's very similar they would get their ass kicked the entire time you know superman just gets his ass kicked yeah. the entire time does one dumb fucking leg drop at the end and wins <laughs> you know like oh he's gonna freeze him he's gonna eye beam them he's gonna yeah. just something and the superman you remember the batman superman cartoons that were on Cartoon Net with a back-to-back. Um, was that they, on WB? It may have been WB. It may have been. Uh, and it's so like with the Superman Adventures, the new Adventures of Superman, I think it was called. And uh, then they had like the Batman, the Dark Knight, uh, the really dark animated one. I remember uh, the Dark Knight. Was, was that the one where he was like
1: skinny? And then like the costume was like almost kind of like a full costume rather than just like.
3: Oh, that was uh, the new Batman. That's the new uh, yeah, that's different. No, this was uh, the, uh, what
2: was that called? God, Bat- Batman know. Beyond. No, that's what. Yeah, that's, that's what that's Zach what was talking. about. about that's about. a yeah. new one. That's way. So you guys, no, not on the Batman. I Dude, that know. was
1: Pokemon, man. That was me.
2: See, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's an age difference though, because I probably got you know 15 years on you, Zach, and I don't, how old are you? 24. Okay, so you're a little older, but yeah. not. I remember I remember Batman. I don't know if I saw the
3: Batman Superman. They weren't combo. together.
2: They weren't they would just each have an episode.
3: Oh. And okay.
2: that would like fill the hour block. Uh okay. so like they would show like the Batman which was like the darker version that was the one that was like animated on black paper. Yeah. And then they would have the New Adventures of Superman. Yeah, yeah. I remember
3: Batman. Ba- ba- that was the one with Mark Hamill as the Joker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I saw that a lot.
2: So yeah, that was like an hour block. Man, so I like, Saturday morning cartoons, for you especially, probably both you to the point where it's just night and day from when I grew up. Not only just the fact that there were Saturday morning cartoons, like, what the Saturday morning cartoons were. I mean, it's more like that there are, because there are, like, none now. All mine are yeah. like, that,
1: that collectible-based kind of one, like the Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Beyblades. Just yeah. whatever they could make a collectible <laughs> off of. That's kind of where, where I was. Maybe, like, the more uh, business-driven side of the... Even morning just cartoons. morning
2: cartoons, like you know, we had, we could wake up early and watch a new episode of Transformers before school. You yeah. go home, and it was like the. Nit. But Saturday, I mean, they weren't even always just cartoons. Like Pee Wee's Playhouse was a Saturday morning cartoon, and it basically was too. I mean, it was a live-action cartoon. Yeah. I mean, it was goofy enough to qualify. But you had the Garfield, and you know, just all the, just everything. I mean, I had Mighty Max. Mighty Max was on I remember, my, my, but wasn't Mighty Max like a 5 a.m. cartoon? Yeah, it was like on early. Five days a week?
3: I watched it before school every morning. I loved it. Co- Tom Larson
1: right? we get up and crack a dog.
3: For Mighty Max? Hell yeah. yeah. Right. I'd die for
2: Mighty Max, man. <laughs> See, Mighty bet, Max was awesome. And I had that 10 years on you. I bet I would watch them before bed as you would watch them when you woke up. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, we're like still just like, oh, Mighty Max. <laughs> that was the baby with the, the pacifier air... Like spaceship,
3: Mighty Max. No, that was. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about, but Mighty Max. Yeah, it was this kid. He had like a magical ball cap, oh, and he had okay. an owl. Yeah, and some big dude with a sword. Vern, I think was his name or something. Yeah, all right. And know, they went around to different places. I know and, what you're talking about. I, I would watch what? that too.
2: No, they would. I think they played at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that. Definitely,
3: it wasn't around. It, 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 I don't even think it was that popular. They had like little like toys like. They had, a uh, for Mighty Max, they had, it was like Polly Pocket, except oh. Mighty Max, like they had like a Mighty Max boys <laughs> version. That was like the boys version of Polly Pocket.
2: Okay. I mean, our carto- cartoons were a way to sell merchandise for a lot of Oh, guys. yeah, yeah, Like, hey, we want to put out a new line of Ninja Turtle figures. Oh, yeah. Let's start a new cartoon. And it totally worked. I bought all that stuff when <laughs> I was a kid. Yeah. I have some unopened. Like, I have, an, uh, I have an 88 Raphael. Ooh. series one is it I worth have it an 88 f- f- foot soldier series one and i have an 89 series two uh, beat rocksteady nice have they upped since you well sure i actually got them later but i got them at like, great deals and yeah they're all worth more than i paid for them that's for all sure right. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not. I mean, they're not worth tons. Yeah. I think Raphael's worth fifty bucks, maybe. I remember getting those but... Yu-Gi-Oh cards and just thinking, "Yeah, these are gonna be worth a fortune." Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, they're just so useless.
1: <laughs> How, but, they used to charge kids like hundred dollars for those like God cards and stuff, yeah. and everybody bought them too. It was crazy.
2: So, what were you guys? Were you guys in the Power Ranger era? Yeah, was I. Power Rangers. I never. I watched. it – I wasn't a huge Power Ranger fan, but I'm, I watched it a little either. bit. I. See, I was, was pokemon i was old yeah. enough to have a choice on that one I think. <laughs> maybe a lot of kids didn't have choice they were just like oh no we're gonna like this yeah. but i definitely did not ever and it ruined the uh Sp- spider-man one for me with toby mcguire because the green goblin l- just looked like a power ranger villain yeah <laughs> so yeah, much that it kind of ruined that Let's i'm see. like I just had a bad taste in my mouth from that show. So having that feel mm-hmm. and that look to it really did not do it for me at all. Plus yeah. Tobey Maguire. So. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, he did three movies, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'd watch him again. I mean, he's definitely not the, I, the best, but.
1: I, I like, I'll say I like those Spider-Man movies better solely because they were the ones that came out when I was like into it
2: so you like the. but first i will th-
1: recognize that the new ones with like andrew garfield are like
2: probably yeah but they got rid of andrew garfield
1: did they really yeah they already got rid of him
2: can okay. you well they merged so spider-man's gonna have start following the marvel movie storyline and mm-hmm. that they're gonna he's gonna end up in the avengers and i, I guess don't they don't know didn't, what they're doing Spider-Man i guess i guess they thought maybe they would like just get a new spider-man a new peter parker for it i mean i guess if you look at it along the lines of like you're gonna be standing here with mark ruffalo robert downey jr you know like all these people probably shouldn't be scarlet joe yeah yeah, like it's samuel l jackson like you're these are like big names those are the big i mean for the avengers and they got the new uh they're the new trailer coming out May 1st. That's like three weeks away. That's not that fun. I'm really excited. Did you see that
1: thing they came out with where Marvel, or I think it was Marvel, or DC or one of them, outlined all the movies they're going to be releasing in the next like two years? Or not even nah. two years. It's more than that. Oh, like f- the
2: next four or five years. Yeah, yeah. They-, they
1: outlined every single one of them. They said, here they are.
2: And DC's <laughs> just like, we're going to have Batman and Superman next year. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to put everybody in it. <laughs> You'll see. You'll know, we're going to... Just over, like they, it does seem like quite the cast for an introductory movie. I mean, there's people would watch any of these movies, I mean, regardless of how quickly you threw them together. Like, Marvel took their time, they took their sweet fucking time putting those Avengers movies together. Like, Easter egg after trailer, like scenes, just all the, you know. Just little hints, cameos, all this stuff yeah, that built, built up. up yeah, it. they built up to it, and they didn't just have like Batman versus Superman, which now also has Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Lex Luthor. Yeah. Like, like yeah. what the fuck is going? Like, I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. And then they're gonna intro, they're gonna reintroduce the Joker, uh, in a, in another movie. Uh, really? uh, yeah, the Suicide Squad. It's gonna have like Will Smith and all these people. I- it's a, it's a, I'm glad, you know, um, cool. I know they changed the whole like Dark Knight trilogy. They're
1: calling, they're calling the squad that the Joker's in the suicide squad.
2: It's a, from the comics, it's a pretty much a band of, band of thieves, a band of criminals who get, uh, from what I understood, the government uses them to, uh, as their own mercenaries. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, well, that's what
1: that's about. I was thinking that'd be kind of insensitive with like Heath Ledger and all. I was like, maybe that's a little insensitive. it <laughs> would be perfect. <laughs> call him the Suicide Squad.
2: <laughs> we need get Heath Ledger
1: for this. Film. Oh we no. We need Heath Ledger and the Suicide Squad.
2: <laughs> the Suicide Su- Squad. That's hilarious. I never even thought about that. That's so funny. Mm, good for you. <laughs> Damn. That's the most (laughs) wrong joke of the night. Oh, man. Still too soon for a Heath Ledger joke. Is it? No. That's so funny. Yeah? Yeah. Because that's the first one they bring. (laughs) He didn't really kill. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was an accidental overdose, right? That's what what I heard. Is Uh, overdose sewer suicide? Is that the same thing? Uh, I mean, you're doing it to yourself, but it's not mm. like. I'm gonna fucking accidentally kill myself now.
3: Yeah, I good, don't think they. A good co- question. I don't think they consider it suicide. No, it maybe excited. not. I'm not sure.
1: No.
2: I mean, nobody axi-
1: says Chris Farley committed suicide. Accidental suicide. Yeah. Well,
2: or like God, wouldn't that be, be weird if like when fat people died of heart attacks, we started considering it suicide because <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly <laughs> <laughs> he clearly just killed himself. I mean, <laughs> or when smokers die of. Lung cancer. Yeah, is that? I mean, is there any line to that being suicide? Uh, no, I mean, I don't, know. I
1: don't
3: know. Kind
2: of. I mean, I see where it's you're going stretch. with it. It's it could work though.
3: You know, there's an argument to be made there.
1: Everybody commits suicide, right? Everybody. <laughs> yeah,
3: I guess if you just want to broaden it, just by being alive, you accept that eventually you'll die. So there's every. You're every aging single...
2: yourself. Right. <laughs> you're aging. You're doing this to yourself. Ugh. <laughs> stop getting older. Why are you continuing to get older, please? You're killing yourself. <laughs> you're killing yourself. He's still aging. Tom is gradually killing himself, right? He's just sitting there, aging.
3: Yeah, so it's... Not
1: doing anything to stop it, Tom.
3: Suicide is, like, the only possible way to die. Either, like, you kill yourself or you stay alive and you get older and accept your death. So, I mean, if you're going to, yeah, use those terms. It could be it's interesting.
1: I like the way we fleshed that out. We're <laughs> we coming down on some groundbreaking philosophical shit here.
2: You guys want to live to be really old? Is Hell that no. no. No?
1: Nah. Is that real? Eh, it's not worth it, man. What? You see yourself like all gross and like... Ehh. Yeah,
3: that's the thing. When you see pictures of like... I was just like... This was big news. The, like the oldest person in the world died recently. And then like the next oldest person just died. Uh, but, yeah, like I saw Wait, pictures the Do- of the them.
2: The Dr. Pepper lady didn't die, did she?
3: Yeah, I think so. I thought the well, Gertrude
2: lady. The one who just had her birthday I th- and I think drank was- a Dr. Pepper? No, we're, we can't say that that information is true because we don't know. It might those. not be. I, th- I thought I saw something.
3: I thought it was Gertrude Weaver. I thought she was the one. She had just claimed the title, and she just recently died, but I might have seen that wrong. Uh,
2: See, I heard that there was this one old lady who drank a Dr. Pepper every day and you're here, who is the oldest lady, and you heard that the two oldest died, so maybe we have a little, like, hit out. This like this lady's taking people company. out. like this lady, <laughs> <laughs> this lady's taking out the conference. I'm gonna be the oldest lady on Earth if I have to kill some motherfuckers. <laughs> Come over here.
1: Is hey, yeah. somebody gonna throw her in jail for life? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That'll be two days, time sir. <laughs> The equivalent <laughs> Dude, yeah if i
1: make it past like 90 i think i'm just gonna go on like a drug killing spree oh not even i think drug. ninety would be too old
3: 90
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe if you
1: make it to like 70 just start doing every drug Dude, be, like you, 65 if you could walk
2: <laughs> out to a microphone at 90 years old and kill it you wouldn't want to do it mm,
1: i don't know i don't know uh, it, i don't know if i could kill it at that point do i think i could Uh, Mm. it'd be weird
3: I think you could I think like if you get that old and you like tell jokes people just laugh because it looks weird to see somebody that old (laughs) telling jokes maybe
1: we we should just ask Rod Reyes (laughs) sorry Rod just kidding
2: Rod Reyes did really well at his Gotham dude he
1: killed that Gotham set did you watch it it, man oh my gosh dude he nailed it man oh yeah
2: shout out to local comedian Rod Reyes who just and killed it over at the Gotham Club in New York City. So live at Gotham. Yeah. Live at Hell Gotham. Yeah. Good for him. Um okay, so you're uh there's the Riptide Comedy Festival, Tom. What is it coming?
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh in Lawrence, Kansas, uh from the 23rd of April until the 26th, I think. Uh they're having eight shows in Lawrence at various venues, and it's called Riptide Comedy Festival.
2: Now, that's the home of the KU Jayhawks, Lawrence, Kansas. Yes, it is. Yeah, they have a lot of... For a long time, they were known to have the good pot in Kansas City, too. Like, to have to go 40 miles out.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But I'm sorry, go
3: ahead. Uh, uh, But yeah, the festival's coming up. Uh, You're going to be on it, Dustin. Uh,
2: Apparently, I was told.
3: Yep. That's what I the heard, word is. I heard
1: that was that happened to a lot of people. Yeah, there's
3: still we're still getting some of the logistics worked out, but uh
2: like acknowledging to people that letting, they're on the yeah, show, on the
3: show. <laughs> letting the booked comics know that they're actually booked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's uh they're getting Sam Talenton from Denver. Does he uh, know that?
2: I hope so. I'm
3: just, I'm just the messenger. Dane Cook so. was booked. Dane, yeah, Dane Cook.
2: <laughs> Jeffrey Ross was booked. <laughs> None of these people are coming but, or know that they were booked. <laughs> All right, go ahead.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, who else? Uh, Brock Wilbur and Joey Prada are uh, reportedly booked. Uh, Candy Lawrence, she was on Just for Laughs and Last Comic Standing. Uh, a bunch of comics from Casey and Lawrence and all over the country. Uh, that's April 23rd through the 26th. Now this is
2: the first one.
3: Yeah, I think so. I, I thought they did some kind of similar festival uh, like a year or two years ago. Um, and now they're doing like a bigger, more uh, supposedly better organized version. Of it's going to be like a before.
1: multi-venue kind of thing?
3: Yeah, they're going to have oh. uh, at oh. the uh, Jackpot and mm-hmm. the Replay uh, and some other places. Um, and it's, uh, you can find out more uh, It's put, uh, put on by Harpoon Presents
2: Yeah, they do a lot of shows around Kansas City when, What date does that start? Uh, April 23rd April 23rd through The 26th, I think Okay, so it's like three or four days yeah. And I'll be out there I, I don't know where I'll let you know uh, A Sunday afternoon I was told I'm on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> showcase Which is the What? Like, what? The perfect time for <laughs> Perfect comedy. time for that uh, For stand-up uh, so that's good. And any local shows, anything you want to promote, anything, up, anything upcoming? Um, I don't have anything. We're we gonna come back and do a minute to win it this week. Yeah, yeah I am. Do it, okay. All right. Um, that was good, and I had fun. You guys have fun. Oh yeah. 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 All right. Uh, thanks for listening to Talk Drops. Make sure and watch Cough Drops. Uh, okay. Subscribe, subscribe, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Cough Drops Live. K A U F. Live cough drops live, uh, and share us with your friends. We will, uh, we'll we'll talk to you next week. Talk drops, Uh, farewell. See you later, see
1: you later, see you later, see you